Good morning, everybody. Put your hands together and welcome these precious families that are going to be dedicating their babies to the Lord this morning. Come on, really put your hands together. Let's celebrate them as they come out. So awesome. Love this opportunity. There you go. All right. We want to talk about each of them, so I invite Kelly to come and introduce you to these wonderful families. And as she introduces them, we'll clap individually for these wonderful children and their families. Good morning. Well, the first baby we have to be dedicated is Samuel Stephen Gunn. Samuel's parents are Stephen and Rebecca, and his big sister is Gracie. And Samuel, Samuel is wearing the same socks today that his dad, Stephen, wore when he was dedicated. Just wow. a little fun fact. <laughs> Next we have Audrey Joanne Lee. Audrey's mom and dad are Will and Crystal, and big brother Jackson. Next, we have Lincoln Dean Jeffcoat. Lincoln's mom and dad are Michael and Leanna, big sister Anna Lee, and big brother Jace. Let's give them a hand. Next, we have Margaret Jean Mitchell. Margaret's parents. Our Zach and Jessica and her big sister is Addison. Let's give them a hand. And we have Zachary Royce Ramos. Zachary's mom and dad are Salatiel and Jennifer. Let's give them a hand. In life, we are blessed in so many ways with the grace of Jesus, the gift of God to us in Jesus Christ. And then he leads us to such a fullness. And one of those blessings would be family. We all know that before God ever put the church into motion and instituted the church, he first of all instituted the family. So this is highly spiritual and godly and in order today to come with an attitude that says we're in submission to God. We are looking to God for wisdom and direction in being the very best. Here's what we know about these parents that are standing before you. It is their desire to raise their children to just be all that the Lord has created them to be. And what a huge and yet awesome task. You know, a, a great responsibility that at times you wonder, am I doing a good enough job? But with the help of the Lord, he has put in the lives of these children exactly the parents that he has ordained and you are just right and you will be more than enough with the Lord's help. So Moses said to Joshua, we're passing on uh, the concept of God, a heritage of faith, and that process of passing it on never stops. We do that by modeling. We do that by what we say. We just wanna make an imprint impact on our children, image bearers. That's the role of a parent and then in saying, God, this child is a gift. You have created this child. And so we submit, we dedicate them to you. 
We're asking the Lord to save their soul at a young age, to lead them in ordered steps in the life. It isn't amazing. These, these small children in them right now are all of the gifts, the talents, everything they're going to need to be all God's created them to be. Those skills will be developed. They will learn. They will grow. And we want them to be emotionally strong. We want them to be ready to use the talent God has given them. And so this is a monumental moment that will be repeated again and again and again from the heart of a mom and dad just saying, Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm giving my children to you. Help me to lead. Would you stand with me, everybody? And we're going to dedicate these children to the Lord. Join me in prayer for these parents, for these children, for all of us in the role that God might have for us in the influence upon their heart. Thank you, Jesus, for each child that we dedicate to you today. Lord God, we recognize this day as significant, an ordained day where we offer in dedication these children. Lord, it's a dedication of our church, our family. It's a dedication of these parents. We're saying to you that you are God and we are in submission to you. We're saying today, Lord, that we want to give ourselves in the role of admonishing, teaching, modeling, mentoring, leading in every way. God, I pray blessings upon these homes. I pray protection upon these homes. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would be central in every home and that your presence would be evident. I pray, God, for peace. I pray for prosperity over these families. I pray that they would know, though life is not trouble-free, you are faithful in every season. You are faithful at every level. Therefore, we dedicate these children to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Now, one more time, really show your love and support to these families. We love all of you. We celebrate you today. Thanks for the honor of dedicating your children to the Lord. God bless you as you're dismissed today. Isn't it great to be able to come to church, be the church, have a place to meet? And how about all of our awesome moms? Aren't you thankful? It's a great day. We have so much planned to, to honor all the moms, but we just want this atmosphere to be influenced by the presence of Jesus. This is just a building, but we have come prepared to let this place just be filled with the presence of Jesus as we worship out of a heart that is so grateful. Amen? So I want you to give it your all. You ready to worship today? You ready to give the Lord the highest praise? He's worthy. Come on, put your hands together and let's begin that way. Come on, everybody, let's worship the Lord.
other name like the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord and Savior. Father God, we glorify you in this place. We place you high above, Lord Jesus. Anything, Lord Jesus, that we could ever face in this life, you are far greater, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that at the name of Jesus, in every situation, demons must flee. In every situation, problems, Lord Jesus, must bow their name to you. We declare your name, God. calendar September 23rd and 24th you don't want to miss this event 
Our ushers are going to go ahead and come forward, and we're going to move into time of worship through giving. So if you all would just bow your heads with me. Dear God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that we get to come into your house and just worship you, Lord. God, we pray that you're just with us today. We pray that you would just bless this offering to do amazing things for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. One, two, three. <sighs> think that at times I'm way too strict. I expect them to act like little, little big people. As they're small, I'm like, 
like hovering mom, but I probably need to let that go as I get a little bit older. It was so tough when they were younger, you know, buckling their chairs and feeding them and getting all their food. And so I would definitely get frustrated. I do worry a lot about them, but I don't want them to fail or to get hurt. I worry if I'm enough for the kids or if I'm too much. You just think, am I doing this right? I don't think I'm doing this right. I'm totally messing this up. I wish I was by nature more playful. I wish we could read more together. I would love the opportunity to spend more quality time with them, especially one-on-one -on -one time. I see them as little girls now, but I know one day they're gonna be women. I have to raise this person to be a good adult. It's hard to put it into words, the spirit, the feeling that you feel. And so the weight of that is just like, nice and kind-hearted and she's sweet and giving and loving. She's a sweet, lovable, um, funny woman in my life and I'm really glad she's my mom. She likes playing Uno so we play during the day. My mom is beautiful and I love her very much. Whenever my mom's sad or scared, I give her a huge hug to cheer her up. She always likes to tell jokes. I hug her and I kiss her a lot. I liked it when she took us to Africa for the message trip. That was that. Sometimes we have girl days, like the boys go somewhere and then we are together. Like sometimes we eat lunch and get our nails done and stuff. I really enjoy us going shopping. She also takes care of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of her being proud of me and when she's proud of me, that makes her proud. She makes me feel safe. We're really lucky to have her. It just feels like she can fix every problem. I just couldn't live without her. She's really smart and she really works hard. She doesn't really give up on that. I would like to tell her that um, I love her and I'm glad that she's my mom. She is the best mom ever. <laughs> my mom is very amazing. I wouldn't rather have anyone besides my mom. I love you and your mom and you're the best mom ever. I like her. My mom's the best mom in the whole world. I love you when you're really special. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> How sweet. <laughs> They're cute, aren't they? <laughs> it's family is what life is all about. And sometimes we just get busy with all the things that we have to do in life that we forget. Hey, this is what we really want to be focused about. Well, I do have a lot of mommy guilt being gone away from them, but just hearing them say that they know that I'm working hard and that I don't give up helps a lot. When you see something like that, it, it lets you know that they think you're doing good. We as moms, we just worry. We just worry, you know, just be who God made me to be so I can help raise who he made them to be. Being a mom is by far the most challenging thing, but it's also the most rewarding thing. You just have these moments where it's like, you know what, it's all worth it. All the stress, all the, am I doing this right? Are we raising good people? <laughs> it's all worth it. I want to ask every mom, please stand, if you will, and give us the honor of celebrating you today.
I want you to remain standing. Thank you, and please remain standing for just a moment. To each of you, to every mom, to every stepmom, to every single mom, to every foster mom, every grandmother. We just simply cannot be who we are without you. We wouldn't be without you. Growing up, on occasion, uh, I can remember my mom would, whether, I don't know, I'd be saying, I love you, mom, and she would say, I'm trying. Like, maybe she didn't feel like she was doing a good enough job. And I just want to say to every mom here, you're not just enough, you're more than enough. You are our greatest cheerleader. And for those moments, like some of the moms expressed on the video, moms right from this church family, they hope they're doing a great enough job. Well, you are. Because when you heard their kids talk, you're their greatest cheerleader, influencer. So to all of you, we honor you, we recognize you today for the awesome person that you are, the great job that you are doing. Thanks for your sacrifice. Thanks for your love and saying it in a way that really says it to us. Your sensitivity, your courage, your perseverance. Thanks for putting into us that, that belief in who God has made us to be so that we keep doing what God's called us to do and we bounce back when things try to knock us down. You've put so much in us. And so on this day, we honor you. And what I wanna do is ask now all of the moms to be seated in a seat of honor and everybody else hit your feet and let's really show our appreciation to every mom here. Can we do it? Come on, everybody. Make some noise in this place for every mom. We love you, Mom. You can be seated. We're in a series on wisdom. Started last week, and it comes from the Proverbs. And there is a Proverbs, uh, a proverb uh, often referred to on a day like this, Proverbs 31. But I just want to tell you, as a pastor, I am never preaching from Proverbs 31. You talk about a monumental task. And but I would say this: you're virtuous, you're capable, you're awesome, and we rise up and bless you each of you today. We're getting at the idea of wisdom because we don't want to mess up life. Maybe we have. We have all messed up something along the way. But we want to get it right. I was thinking about huge blunders that I've seen in the last several months and kind of one that would really stand out that I would talk about in opening this message. And the one that came to my mind was Steve Harvey and the Miss Universe pageant. If you didn't see that, you need to YouTube it because I didn't see the pageant, but when I heard what happened, I went immediately and watched what everyone was talking about, what has now become one of the most watched YouTubes in history. And it's where Steve Harvey, the host of the Miss Universe pageant, comes to the big moment of announcing the winner. So can you imagine for each one of those contestants, especially those who've made it to the potential winner, and now the moment comes, we're talking about how many years, 
has gone into that moment since they could walk. Their mom has had them, you know, in all of this preparation. Here they are. It's the moment, and he makes the announcement that the next Miss Universe is Miss Columbia, and everyone goes crazy. The former Miss Universe walks out with the flowers and the crown. And Miss Columbia is doing what any person would do who was just announced as the next winner. She is melting down. She's amazed. She's overwhelmed. They put the crown on her head, the flowers in her hands. People are celebrating. Meanwhile, over on the side, Steve Harvey looked as much like a guy could look like giving birth. Like, (laughs) he's got this look on his face that says, oh, no. And he's looking at the cue card. And finally, he just steps up and interrupts the celebration and says, I've messed this up. The winner, the real winner, is not Miss Columbia. It's Miss Philippines. They have to take the crown off of Miss Columbia's head. I I can't imagine the swing of emotions. She's like, I'm the, I can't. Oh, (laughs) And they take the crown, they take the flowers, and now Miss Philippines walks up and they crown her the winner. I mean, I don't know in the last several months of a bigger mess up than that. Now, Steve Harvey, he owned it, and he actually, he's, he's getting a huge payoff for the classy way he owned that. Said, it's all my fault. I should have gotten it right. And I, I listened to him speak to that situation, and I... I won't soon forget what he said. He goes, you know, I didn't plan to mess that up, obviously. Who would ever plan to botch something like that? He said, I didn't plan to so royally mess it up. But he says, as I think about it, I didn't necessarily plan not to. And he said, next time, I will make sure that that doesn't happen. I will plan in every way for that not to happen. As we get at wisdom today, I start there. None of us plan to mess it up. But maybe we need to do a better job in planning not to mess it up. I'm marrying several couples over the summer. I've been doing premarital counseling with about five couples. And, and all of them have the plans that God has for them, like big plans. And to honor, cherish one another If you're married in this room, you remember that day you stood and you looked at each other and your spouse, when he expressed the vow to you, he didn't say, I'm going to love you, but just so you know, over time, I'm just going to do my very best to lead us into absolute financial ruin. But I will love you every step of the way. And then she didn't look back at him and said, that is awesome. And I vow to love and honor and cherish you as we make that journey of financial ruin by taking advantage of every credit card invitation and opportunity and maxing those things out and going on shopping sprees every opportunity because I'm going to love you every step of the way of our journey ending up five years, 10 years, maybe 20 years down the road where we have to file bankruptcy. Nobody does that. Nobody plans to mess it up. That's not the question. The question is, do we plan not to? And when we open ourselves to wisdom, what we're saying is, I want to plan not to mess it up. I don't want to just avoid foolishness. I want a path of wisdom. 
I don't want to just play defense against the things that would seek to move me into folly, frustration, or destruction. I want to get on this plan that makes me strong, makes us strong, makes us better, makes me more advanced a year from now. I want to be at a different place because I'm walking certain steps. I'm planning not to mess it up. To get at this, we've taken Andy Stanley's question. He calls it the best question ever. I want to show it to you again today. Here it is. Is this wise? And his whole thought is if we would just ask that before we do anything, before we do something financially or professionally or relationally, just ask that question. How it would help us. And break it down. Make it really specific. Make it personal by saying, is it wise in light of my past experience? You have a past, I have a past, and they're different. And so you would ask this question, and there may be some things that I need to really avoid that are no issue for you, because those aren't issues of your past. They never created any embarrassment or scars in your life. It's not a, we're not even talking about right or wrong. We're just talking about what would be wise knowing you the way you do. Is there a place in your life where history keeps repeating itself? If you applied this question, could it help break that pattern? Could it finally break you out of that cycle and move you forward? Is this wise in light of my present reality, in light of my present circumstance? That's, that's the next place we take it. Think of those couples that are getting married. Once they're married, they will have a new reality. And so they would apply this question, now that I'm married, is this wise? There's some things you can do as a single person. There's some things you can purchase as a single person. But now as you bring it together, it may not be the best thing to do, the best place to go, the wisest thing. If you're single and you have had a hobby and you've had all kinds of free time to go and do that hobby, you may have to, you may have to kind of manage that a little differently once you get married. Your spouse wants you to keep that hobby, but you may not be able to do it as much. See, you've got a new reality. What if you're recently divorced? Apply the question. What would be wisdom right now in light of that circumstance? Is it wise? Is it wise professionally, relationally? Is it wise personally in, in, in light of where you are emotionally? What would be the wise thing to do? In light of your greatest vulnerability right now, what would be the wise thing to do? See, let, let's really get at this. Finally, is it wise in light of my future hopes and dreams? In light of my hopes and dreams, who should I be listening to? What should I be reading? What, who should I not be listening to and what should I not be reading? In light of my future hopes and dreams, you know, what cues should I take right now? Where should I live right now? What kind of advantage of opportunity should I take right now in light of my future hopes and dreams? Everybody wants a great future, yes? We all know we can't have a and build for a great future off of bad decisions today. So is it wise? Is it wise in light of my past, my present, and my future? If we are willing to ask this, we are fulfilling what is the, the first major challenge of all the Proverbs, and that is pursue it. Pursue wisdom. This is the pursuit. This is how you get at what steps, what wisdom would say in light of where you are.
in light of where you've been, in light of where you're trying to go. That's the pursuit. And then what Proverbs shows us is that if we'll pursue it, we get the payoff. All of Proverbs, for me, falls under these two thoughts. Pursue the wisdom that you see, but apply it. Not just get the steps, but take the steps. Many times, it's not challenging to know what to do. It's just whether or not we're willing to do it. This question will clarify things. It may tell you something you've known. It may bring it before you. It may clarify it. it will cl- the question is, will we do it? Will we apply it? If we are willing to apply it, we get the payoff. Still setting foundation for this series. And I remind you of Proverbs 3. Are you ready? Go to Proverbs 3 with me. We're going to start at verse 13. Proverbs 3, verse 13. And I want you to see the payoff. That if we'll pursue wisdom by asking the question, breaking it down, applying the, the wisdom that we get, then here's the paycheck, wisdom's paycheck. Verse 13 says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. I want that for everyone in this room. I want that to be so full in your heart. I want just overwhelming joy. Let's skip a few verses. Let's keep going, though. This is Proverbs 3, verse 17. Wisdom, she will guide you down delightful paths. I want that for every one of you. NIV says peaceful and pleasant paths. I want that for my life. I want that for your life. Does that describe where you are, the the present journey that's delightful? All her ways are satisfying. That, That inner peace. Let's keep going. Verse 18. Wisdom is a tree of life. That speaks of strength. It's a tree of life to those who embrace her. So you see, you pursue it, but then you apply it. Finally, happy are those who hold her tightly. That's the paycheck. Joyful, strong, peaceful, pleasant, happy. One verse says, there will be honor and riches and long life. All of those are great things if we will pursue wisdom and then we will apply wisdom. That's the big question. Will we apply it. Steve Harvey talked about the blunder at the Miss Universe pageant. He said, I could have avoided it. I Again, it, to me, it just serves as such a great example. He wasn't lacking the wisdom to get that right. He just hadn't planned not to get it wrong. And it, in the moment, it messed him up. He read the card wrongly. And so, here's the point. If there, is there an area in your life where you have the wisdom? You just have to do it. This is what brings us up to the edge. Will we apply it? This is where the rubber meets the road. This is what could change the trajectory of your life right here. If you know what to do and then you actually do it, it could change the course of your future. Baseball is happening now, and some of you are Cubs fans. Some of you are Yankee fans. Some of you are Cardinal fans. Some of you are Cincinnati Red fans. And maybe not. 
Does anybody here remember when on the Cincinnati Reds, I mean, these, all these guys playing St. Johnny Bench at catcher, Dave Concepcion at shortstop. Remember who was on second? Joe Morgan. Remember who was on third base? I know he bet on baseball, but the guy could play some baseball. Amazing. All, just all those guys were on that one team. The first time I ever saw a Major League Baseball game was watching those guys play. All of them with unique and individual talent, yet playing within the boundaries of the game. They didn't set those rules that when you hit the ball, you don't run to third, you run to first. They didn't set the rules of a game of how an out is called or not. They didn't set the rules of how you steal bases. Those rules were set by a higher authority. But then they came into the game of baseball with their uniqueness and were able to express their creativity, their uniqueness, beneath the rules of the game. I want to tell you where the whole rubber meets the road when it comes to wisdom happens. It's in the proverb that we started memorizing last week. I want us to do it again. It's Proverbs 9, verse 10. You don't have to look it up. Let's just say it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Will you say it with me? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say it again. The starting place for wisdom is not a question. It's a decision. The starting place for wisdom is recognizing that God is God and I'm not And if I do actually believe that God is God, I have a reverence and then a response to the rules of the game of life of which he, the higher authority, has set. And I get to come into this game with my uniqueness, my creativity, my skill set, my destiny that God has given. And I get to live that out under the rules of the game of life that he has set because I recognize he's God, I'm not. So wisdom starts with a decision about God. Do you believe that God is God? Do you believe that God is creator, that God is almighty, that God is sovereign, that God is out in front, that God was yesterday, he's in today, and he will be there tomorrow, that there is no equal, there is no close second, that his glory, like it's higher than the heavens, David said. Do you believe that? Not everyone in this room does. That's the starting place for wisdom. Because if you try to live out wisdom, but you don't begin at the place of acknowledging God who created order, then you're going to mess it up. Proverbs 3 talks about this. You end up leaning on your understanding, your perspective of what would be wise, rather than acknowledging who? God in all of your ways and letting him letting him set the rules of the game, and then you get to express who you are within those boundaries. It's awesome. Someone needed to check your pulse. They wouldn't start at your ankle and work up to your knee and then move around to your shoulder and say, you know, you're just different than everybody else. You know, last person was their ankle. The other person before that was their wrist. No, God has set an order where someone could check your pulse the same way they do anyone else because there's just order. If you take a plane flight, 
that, that plane will set its destination. It will be able to fly just like it did yesterday, like it did 10 years ago, because those laws don't change. God has just set gravity in place and aerodynamics in place. Those things don't change. Isn't it something how we live within a submission of the game of life, even though many people don't acknowledge the one who put all of that into place? See, you're all, we all are within this boundary at, to some extent. So the starting place is, do you believe that God is God? Because if you do, then your reverence for him will lead you to a response of doing what he says. That's where you'll not only have the wisdom, is it wise? You'll do what you see to be the answer to that question. And that's where the change happens. That's where there's mess-ups or successes. That's where you end up looking like Steve Harvey. Going, why did I do that? Look at the mess I have made of this. I wonder if I can recover from this. Or going, and with God's wisdom, I was able to execute that choice, that situation, that season. Let me show you a picture. This is my great niece. Her name is Rayleigh. And she is awesome. I was with her just a couple weeks ago, and, and she there is in her pretty little outfit. But I want to tell you that is a tiger right there. She has fire in her soul. She loves sports. She runs track, and she's on a t-ball team. And so her t-ball season is going on right now. She plays pitcher. And in the t-ball situation, if you have a very aggressive, competitive pitcher, then your third baseman, your shortstop, your second baseman, your first baseman may never get a ball. <laughs> because they can watch how the batter's lining up and dart to that ball so quickly. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's Rayleigh. And so Rayleigh's mom and dad are overwatching. And after Rayleigh scoops up just about every ball to the point, mom will say, Rayleigh, let the other team members get involved. And Josh, her dad, he goes, way to go, Rayleigh, keep it up. <laughs> just so passionate. So Rayleigh comes off of the field. She sits down in her dugout. She says, hey, mom and dad, come here. Josh and Brittany, her mom and dad, will go over and lean down. She said, so when I'm out on the field, which one of you do I listen to? <laughs> and when it comes to wisdom, there you have Rayleigh. She's out there with, with the creativity and the energy and the ability that God has put in her. She's operating under the influence of her coach but there are competing voices. Holler at your boy. You know what I'm saying? There are competing voices. And this is the way it works in life. You're out in the game of life, and there are competing voices. One says, do this. The other says, no, do this. You have to get at what is the wisdom Within that context, notice it doesn't stifle who you are. 
It's the full expression of who you are, yet it is functioning within the rules of the game. She, she has this painting that she showed me, and it's amazing because there's a scene of the sky, and she does shading, and she's a little girl, and I'm amazed that, like, man, you're doing shading, and I'm like, how, how'd you learn to do that? I'm like 50, and if I painted that, it wouldn't look anything close to that. She had an art teacher. So when I looked at that painting, I thought, the balance that I see, the depth that I see, the shading that I see, that's all coming from Rayleigh's creativity. Watch this, but under the influence of a master teacher. So here's the pursuit and the application of wisdom. You and I pursue wisdom from the master teacher, the one who set the rules of the game. And if we will, then we get to be who he's made us to be. I guess there's, I mean, we're we're soon going to have 7 billion people on the planet. And there's no one else just like you. Isn't that amazing? A lot of people in this room, and no one is just alike. So God made you, and he has ordained, planned that you be here, you be here now, you be living now. He is the author of life. He is the master artist. And now as you begin to paint the canvas of your life, you get to express your creativity, but under the influence of the master teacher. That's the pursuit of wisdom, expression of who you are, but the application of that wisdom. So is it wise? Now, in light of my past, what's the next move I should make? In light of where I am right now, what's the next move? In light of my future hopes and dreams. Watch it. Your future hopes and dreams. God's put a dream in you. And you see the gifts and the talents that match that dream. What do you need to do right now in light of that? And what do you need to avoid in light of that? I'm pursuing wisdom, and now I'm going to do it because I recognize that he's God, and I'm going to let him make of me a masterpiece. Amen? You owe it to yourself. As a creation of God, you owe it to yourself to ask the question and to apply it. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to go after the life for which you were created. Now, anytime we're in a setting like this and you can talk to yourself four times faster than I can, you're probably saying, but what about the royal mess up? Like the Steve Harvey thing, you don't get to edit like that happened, Miss Columbia went from the height of emotion and victory to like, sorry, we got it wrong, got to take all this back, to the despair or the humiliation of the moment, to Steve Harvey. I wonder what that night was like for him, thinking, you know, how he messed that up, and you can't edit it out. So what do you do if in a 
a financial situation or a personal situation, a relational issue, you royally messed it up. And it has you wondering, you know, do you recover from that? Can you recover from that? I, let's go back to Steve Harvey. He owned it. He said, it's on me. I messed that up. They signed him, I think, for the next five years. So just own. Wherever it is you are, own it. If you made a mess of things, own it. And in that, repent. And then let grace and mercy come. Let grace and mercy come. Grace forgives you. Mercy says, now get going. Get started. It's a new day. Remember last week? Clean heart, fresh start. Clean heart, fresh start. The place we've come to right now is just, let's just submit. What are the levels of that submission? Do you believe that God is God? And if you are coming to that decision or that conclusion, that's the first place, submission to God as God as the sovereign, as the Lord, as the only one who can give and make wisdom work in your life, who knows you better than you know yourself. It's just incredible. Who has set things in motion so that your life could be as he planned for it to be. Start there. If you say, well, I'm past that. I do believe he's God, but I still mess it up. Then your submission is a confession that's honest, repentance that's sincere, and then submit from this day forward. I'm going to do it his way. I see what happens when I do it my way. I'm going to do it his way. I want you to lock on this. Somebody needs to hear this today. You, you've got a really complicated situation. It's really varied and complex. You say, uh, it just doesn't seem to be that simple. I agree. But when you submit to the author of life, what you're doing is you're submitting to the one who has all power to start uncomplicating. I don't know how he's going to do it. I've just seen him do it. And he will do it for you. He will. Solomon. It's like one night he has this dream and God says... I'm going to give you whatever you want. So what would you like? And he had the wisdom to say, I want wisdom. And so now we have Proverbs. And we have everything as common sense as, as Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, saying, hey, just watch the ant. Study the ant. It, the most incredible Proverbs that you can't miss. I mean, they're so clear. But before you get to the common sense, you got to start with submission to the one who, who ordered a divinely inspired common sense book. It starts with God, doesn't it? So repentance, confession, clean heart, fresh start. Just to say, Lordship. Lordship. I cannot lead my life. So I surrender to your Lordship. Everyone here is surrendering to something or someone. I say our surrender should be to the author of life who has 
plans for you, not of evil, not to harm you, but plans that are good to give you a future and a hope. Receive that into your heart today. Everybody's standing with me. Let's get at it today. Let's, let's now, we've come right up to the edge. Let's cross the line with your eyes closed. You are applying surrender at those levels today. We're going to pray. As we stand corporately, I would like to pray and then I want to invite this team to lead us. And they're going to be leading in language of surrender. And as they do, I think like last week, the best thing it would just be respond by finding the nearest aisle. Come forward. And let's spend some time really going after the Lord with an attitude of submission. Maybe you want to come as husband and wife. Maybe you want to come today as a, a teenager that's just said, I'm, I'm going to be in full surrender. You know your, your story and out of which chapter of your life you're coming today. Just let this be revolutionary. You're saying, I'm going to pursue wisdom and I'm going to apply it because I'm beginning with the fear of the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for the operative grace of God that's in this place, the hope that is in our hearts that's in this atmosphere, the forgiveness and the fresh start that's so strong in this atmosphere, Lord God. I just pray that you stir something up within every person here. God, I, I feel like we've lived for this moment right here. For this service, we've lived for this moment where we cross that line. We've come right up to the edge and your spirit has spoken to us today, each one of us. And now we want to take action with it. And so, Lord, have your way as we do. In Jesus' name, come as they sing. Lord Jesus, we stand in a reverence of who you are. In the reverence is our decision. You are God and only you. You are creator God. You're almighty God. You're faithful God. And in that reverence, we now respond 
with submission. We submit to you. We now submit to the way you would lead us. We submit ourselves to you and you will now bring out the very best of who we are in the life that you have created us to live beneath the rules of this game, within the boundaries that you have set, within the structure, within the order that you have put into place. We will live this life to the full. We will give it everything that we have. Thank you for being greater than the past. Thank you for being greater than present dynamics and circumstances. Thank you for being out in the future as the one who is pulling us and calling us into destiny. Thank you. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being enough. What a joy, Lord, to surrender to you. Like Peter, we say, Lord, where else can we go? Only you hold the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? Or many of us have tried. We've gone to another philosophy. We've gone to another way and found that the end thereof was destructive. So we are here in submission to you. And we thank you that you receive us, that you give us grace and mercy, and that you inspire us with hope about tomorrow. We just give you our lives in full surrender so that now we can maximize the wisdom that becomes so clear. Lord Jesus, I just pray now a blessing over this group of people, over this church family, as they go forward in the pursuit of wisdom and the application of that wisdom. May they live in the payoff. May they live in the payoff, I pray. I pray the payoff of joy and strength. I pray the payoff of honor and long life. I pray the payoff, Lord, of strength and pleasantness and peace. We give you the thanks for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord great praise today. Isn't he good? Praise God. I hope you have just the best afternoon. One last time, I want to say sincerely, heartfelt, happy Mother's Day to each of you. May you have the best day. God bless you. You're dismissed.